This is Chasing Curiosity, an honest conversation about the often unspoken stuff in life and how we find joy and stay present in the midst of it all. Hey guys, um, today on the podcast, I'm here with one of my very best friends, Erica Hedberg. Um, we met in college um, as freshmen, and we met because we were both at like some meeting for, um, I don't remember, but we were both like, somehow we were finding out our birthdays, and I was like, I actually don't oh, even yes, know. Yes, I remember. <laughs> no, I remember this. It was in that big room on the first floor, like, Yes, like the in the lobby. We were just getting to know each other. Yeah, and somehow everyone birthdays our, came up. Everyone in the whole dorm was there. Maybe it was just like a... Maybe it was just our floor. I don't know, maybe. All that to say, we don't really remember the <laughs> detailed details, but we found out that we both have the same birthday year apart, yeah. which is like pretty cool for you. Yeah, 12-12, best birthday ever. So today we're going to talk about um, the experience or what it's like longing for something that you don't have control over um and don't know if it will actually ever happen um which is something that we have I feel we've connected over in very different ways but had that set shared like emotional experience and kind of supporting each other as mm-hmm. going through that yes. stuff and for you specifically it's been your journey through infertility and what that has looked like so yeah we're gonna chat about that today <laughs> so first like just give me some background on like who you are, where you live. Oh, I should also mention that we we don't we aren't drinking anything today specific, but we are here with an adorable puppy named Posey. Um and she didn't even respond no, to that, so she, she must be sleeping. Yeah. But she is so cute and she is our mascot, I guess. Yeah. Our friend. That works. Really. Basically. Um, okay, so like who you are, where you live, where um how old you are, yeah. like a little bit of background of yourself. I'm Erica. <laughs> uh, I am 33, maybe 34 on 12 12. Um, I currently live in Surrey, British Columbia, outside of Vancouver. Where we are right now. Where we are right now. <laughs> in my open. yellow townhouse. Um, <laughs> and I've been married for just literally shy of a week today, 10 years. Yes. To Eric. We are Eric and Erica. Uh, yeah. I think that's you. I'm graphic designing. I don't know yeah. what else. You make beautiful things. I have a dog named Posey. It's tiny and adorable. <laughs> Wait, I love her so much. Yes. Me too. Um, and I'm not like a super dog person. You know that. Yes, I know. Which but I'm I always impressed by. Love Posey. She's so cute. That's handsome. She's small and she's... She, went, she jumps on me. She doesn't really do that. And she's just soft. Yeah. All the things, you know. <laughs> Um, so the reason that I wanted to talk with Erica about this, I mean, there obviously this is like the idea of infertility is something that, um, people I don't think talk about a lot. Um, I haven't had that experience of speaking with a lot of friends about it. Um, but the reason that we've connected about this is because of this idea of like longing for something that you can't control mm-hmm. is like for me. So like, um, it's definitely not the same at all because I know it's like, for me, it's like being single and like wanting desperately to, to share my life with someone. Um, but there's that still that emotional like reaction, that despair right. of like not knowing if or when mm-hmm. it's going to happen or yep. when or if whatever. Um, and not like not having any control of that yeah. and trying to sort through the feelings. And right. we've, we've um, definitely connected about mm-hmm. that and gotten closer yep. in our friendship and try, like talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been really 
it was very, very great for me. And it was hard being far away, but Mm -hmm. especially like that time when literally everyone else I knew was having babies, Mm -hmm. getting pregnant, having babies. Um, It was hard to connect with uh, someone who's close to me outside of Eric, Mm -hmm. uh, who recognized and understood the longing and Mm -hmm. like not having, uh, I don't know how to say that, like not having uh, or not being at the same place as everyone else. And then like reconciling that, but wanting it and still trying to go through life. So it was, Mm -hmm. even though we were like grieving and longing for a different or not grieving, but I, I was not grieving at that point, but like longing for this separate, very different things. Mm -hmm. um, We were able to connect on that just like basic Mm -hmm. feeling. And it was really helpful because a lot of people don't know what it's like to not, get what you want or like not have what you, you know right so in that way Especially, it was really helpful for me yeah during that time and I think when you see so much like a happening in front of you on social media too yes like another pregnancy another marriage another like another something Holy happening that yeah you want. it's so hard it's hard yeah and even now like I have definitely I I mean I I for sure still say that I'm grieving and going through that process but um like when I was first going through it and I would literally get on Facebook and like every, everything was like, we're pregnant or Mm -hmm. like, surprise, our baby's here. We were pregnant. And like, oh my gosh, I cannot handle life right now. Like I cannot do this. So yeah. It's It's crazy. So much is in your face. Yeah. And it is like, like, I think that's the thing about humans is like connecting with someone over like that same feeling. Yes. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like, I think I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just nice. Right. Um, yeah. Would you tell me a little bit about kind of the the story of how things unfolded for you finding out that you were infertile and like yeah. um, just like what that that experience was like for you guys? Just like yeah. briefly. Um, yeah. So I would say it started about eight years ago. Um, it was after Eric's brother died. Um we had been feeling when we got married, um, that like we, we wanted to wait, like we didn't want to have kids right away. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was intentional. And then we would like see how life unfolded and, you know, wait a couple of years to, to start trying and then like see where things go. And so at that point it had been, we'd been married for about two years. Um, and we were both like, I think this is the time. And I think it was kind of prompted a lot by Eric's brother dying. Mm -hmm. Like he, we knew that he, like his family is very family oriented and we knew that his brother would have loved having Mm -hmm. nieces and net or, you know, like nieces and slash or nephews. Um, like it was kind of, it's weird to say this, but for me, I was like, I feel like I'm like kind of honoring him by Mm. like starting this process. And, and we both were at that stage. Like, I think it's time like we can try, like, we can stop not trying. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, happens. like stop doing the birth control, stop, like just, mm-hmm. you know, go on life and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, we did that like around 2010 and I had, like I had my regular appointments with gynecologists mm-hmm. and like they supported that. Like, yeah, like, it, you know, it could take up to a year. It takes a while, especially mm-hmm. if you've been on birth control, like just don't rush it. Like if it doesn't happen right away, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so we felt very comfortable with how things were going. Uh, and then 
it had been a couple of years and we were like, well, whatever, it's fine. You know, like they told us it could take a while. And then at that point we left where we were and moved. Um, and we were very thankful to not have kids at that point because we moved, like it was a huge transition. Like we moved up here essentially, um, from New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So, so we were like, okay, this is good. Mm -hmm. Like the timing worked out fine. I'm glad we don't have kids right now. Um, and then we came up here, um, we started to think about it more like, okay, like it's, it's been a while. Like maybe we should start trying more. Um, and it also helped. Thanks Canada for free healthcare. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, man. And so we started seeing a first fertility specialist in Vancouver, um, which was really great. Like we were super excited about Mm -hmm. that. Um, it felt like we like had an advocate kind of like, even though we didn't hadn't started the whole process yet we were like okay it feels good to be like moving forward we're gonna be talking to someone who can help us um because it's been a long time like we had at that point we knew lots of people who had had like kids on accidents and like it was like okay it's weird that it hasn't nothing has happened at all Mm -hmm. um so it felt good about going to a specialist Mm um and in order to do that, we did a bunch of tests and we found out that like Eric was fertile and I was infertile, which was really hard for me to like come to terms with. And I, I definitely still am like working on it and trying to understand that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but our specialist diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and it means like essentially like the basics of it is that I have cysts on my ovaries we did meds and like weird procedures that had strange effects on my body mm. for two, at least two years. Um, and ironically, our specialists, our fertility specialists got pregnant in that time. And oh, in Canada, um, women are able to take a year of mat leave. And so she was leaving. She was not going to be working for a year. And so, um, by that point, when she let us know that she was going to be gone for a year, she was, they were going to like have us see another doctor mm-hmm. in the practice. Um, I was super depressed. I was having anxiety. Um, like I was nauseous all the time because I was taking this specific, uh, fertility med and it was just horrible. Like I was yeah. not myself. Um, and I was, I like couldn't really eat a lot. Like, I wasn't eating much. I was sick all the time. And nothing seemed to be working. Like, I still had irregular periods. I was still not getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so both Eric and I made a decision when we found out that she was leaving for a year that we would not see the next doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we didn't want to go through – because we would have to, like, get – like, meet this person, like, try to connect with them again. So it it felt like starting back at square one. Um, And we – yeah, so we decided, like, we're going to take a break. We're going to get me healthy and in a better, like, mental, emotional space and physical space. Like, and and when I look back on that time, like, literally everything was fuzzy. Like, I, mm. it was a crazy time. So we felt like we needed to just take a break from everything that we were doing. And at that point, like, that kind of ended up being a huge turning point for us. Like, really helpful for our health and... And I think for our marriage too, like it was 
it was good to talk through that and like realize everything isn't depending on having a kid having mm-hmm. kids like like we have we got to this point where like we were sacrificing my health for trying to have a child that we didn't even know would come yeah. um so it was good to get like out of that space um and kind of recuperate um and that was at the point where we were like maybe we should get a dog like <laughs> we really want something to love and nurture yeah. a dog would be a great place to start right. so so yeah um that's kind of like the process of our like fertility investigation and yeah. treatments and stuff so that was three years ago yeah somewhere around that you decided this to not that we yes and we never went back. Like, mm-hmm. so at that point we were like, let's wait six months. Yeah. And then if we're like still really feeling like, like if I get healthy and I feel, we feel like we want to go forward with that. Like let's explore it again and go back to yeah. this doctor. Right. We had, didn't. Yeah. So, um, like we had realized once we got through like a couple more months mm-hmm. and even to that six month point, we were like, we were really enjoying our life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when you're doing, when you're trying to have aggressively have a child, um, and then especially when you're on fertility treatments, a woman has to, like, you're taking your temperature multiple times a day. You're taking multiple meds sometimes, multiple times a day. Um, and it's, and for me, I like, I was doing blood tests every month. Um, and you're, you're just like literally paying attention to every detail of your life. And it's incredibly draining and tiring, especially when there, it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight. And especially when you're not seeing any benefit from all of the work that you're putting in. Right. So like months went on after we stopped doing all this and it was just like a breath of fresh air to not Mm. be taking my temperature every morning when I woke up and, um, like taking, making sure I was taking meds and be it like having nausea throughout mm-hmm. the day and like I can't eat sushi now like right now because of right. that so yeah. um but yeah so once we got to like the six months it was like it feels really good to be not mm-hmm. necessary like we were both <laughs> sad still and like really longing for a family but we were like it feels it just feels nice to be like a little yeah. bit more relaxed and like like a not, reset, like refreshing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not having to be so yeah. concerned, like thinking about yes, doing things right yes. and planning it out. Yeah, for sure. And like having Posey was life-changing Yeah, because we got her when she was a puppy. So we were potty training her, like we trained her. So it felt like in that like space where we were trying to heal, we were like raising something. Yeah. And it was like, this feels good. Like yeah. we have, we love Posey. <laughs> We've got to like walk through a little bit of parenthood, like a little teeny tiny taste of it. I know, disclaimer, I know that <laughs> parenting a dog is not the same as parenting a human child, right. but for us, like it fit a little bit of that, that hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so once we got to that point, it was like, this is okay. Like, it's okay. We can keep going at where we are right now. Like, we don't have to think about the fertility stuff for now, like let's take some more time to get mm-hmm. to like enjoy this place in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. To, um, will you tell me a little bit about like the process for you and like grieving 
the like this or this longing turning into grief or what that experience yeah. was like yeah. for you um it's I would definitely say it's still ongoing and I'm still learning about the process and what it feels like to grieve this um because it like yeah grief I feel like it translates in so many different ways and in different scenarios but at the beginning um like I think I was in a little bit of denial and I mean we talked a little bit like there's just there's just always hope that right like it's it's always like it's gonna happen this month like maybe it'll happen this month um and so I never felt like I needed to confront grief or like address it or even think about it Mm -hmm. at the beginning um and then I think once... Do you feel like you resisted the grief process or you didn't even think you I, had to like go through it? Yes, at the beginning for yeah. sure. Um, and by beginning, I mean like when I realized that we were infertile, that I was infertile. Mm, and okay. um, so like that's not the beginning of the entire process of having kids, but like sure. the beginning of finding out we were infertile. I was definitely resistant. Yeah. Um, and I think I had a lot of anger too, um, like toward myself and god and also friends who were and family who were having kids like and it it was kind of like a perfect storm of just anger and horribleness because like we found out that i was infertile at the same time as like my sister my Mm. brother all of my closest friends were having kids right um and so and their first kids too, so it was like yes, like um, there's so much joy for them, and it's exciting, yeah, and right. and and so I was very like angry, like, right. and I and I like freely admit that I don't think I handled their joy well because mm-hmm. I was angry, angry right. for myself, like I was jealous, I was frustrated, I was mad, um, and so I was definitely resistant, like, mm-hmm. to the grieving process, to mourning publicly, right. um. And also to say, too, there's no, like, right or wrong way to do absolutely. anything. So, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Also that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. So, I think, um, like, I don't know if there, I don't know if there was, like, this epiphany moment where I was, like, oh, man, I should start grieving. Right. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I think, like, I, I'm, and I know, I'm sure it came in this, like, that six months to a year space after we stopped everything mm-hmm. um where I had some distance from like first babies like my the first babies in my like friend groups right. and um and like learning well first getting out of the depression and like the fuzziness because mm-hmm. I don't even know if I could have if I was ready to grieve at that point I don't even know if I could have mm-hmm. healthily because I was not myself mm-hmm. um and i was like depressed and anxious and whatever right. so like yeah like recognizing that i was a different person after like leaving the meds and whatever um helped me realize that like okay i need to i think i need to think about this in a different way mm-hmm. um and it it helped having posy again i know that it probably sounds so dumb but like having something to care for or like love mm-hmm. helped me see that I can parent or um like nurture in a different way mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to look like this one thing in a yeah. child that comes out of my body right that is ours um so I think that like that helped a lot helped me get into the space of 
okay, I think it's time to start grieving this. And I, like, I don't remember the details, but I do remember talking with Eric about it. Like, I think, I think we need to start, like, grieving. I think we need mm-hmm. to start thinking about it in a, like, a way that it's not going to happen. Um, which was really, 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 really hard to reconcile. Yeah. Um, but it has been really helpful. And I think for me, the grief has translated to like a lot of intentionality in trying to be present with the children in my life and mm-hmm. my friends who are parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, um, like finding the joy in my life now as it is mm-hmm. without that. So like being able to see the positives and the joy in having um, like children in my life who yeah. aren't mine right. and then finding the joy in having no children, like the things that we are, that we can do without children or like right. the ways that our life is a benefit without kids. So yeah, yeah, it's been a process and I'm still like working through it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I honestly think like one of the hardest parts for me is like learning to forgive myself for my body. Mm. I'm going to start crying. Okay. <laughs> I haven't talked about this part in a long time. But like for a lot, <laughs> Posey's awake. <laughs> um, like for the longest and now still, like it's hard to, thank you. It's hard to be okay with my body or like feel like my body is broken, but be Mm. okay with that Mm -hmm. because it obviously doesn't work the way that it's supposed to quote unquote. Um, but like, yeah. So like forgiving myself for Mm -hmm. that and and not like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) crazy. I'm a crazy crier. (laughs) It's, Um, It's real. Yeah. This is real. But like, yeah. So like learning to see my body as perfect mm, like yeah and like I don't know if if my infertility is a cause from something else I don't know if I've always been infertile or whatever and so like you know to reconcile that and like be comfortable with how my body works and what it does for me and so yeah so I feel like that's been kind of the hardest part since the grieving process has started and clearly still working on it yeah. <laughs> but yeah um so yeah it's still a work in process and I definitely like both Eric and I definitely have moments where like we are so sad like we yearn for mm-hmm. kids of our own and like like we feel like we're missing out on like having a family group that's ours yeah. and um yeah so it's a process but I feel like I feel like I've come a long way, which is saying a lot because I don't feel like I'm very far, but like coming from a place of being just like super resistant to even thinking about it right, or addressing it and and being angry too. Um, yeah. It's been a process. Yeah. It's so much to even yeah think about and walk through and because what brought up for me, like when you're just talking about forgiving your body, there's like that brings up something for me in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, and like the longing, for, like feeling like you're missing out on something in life brings up something for me, but in a different way. Yeah. It's like, that yeah. Is, and there's no like resolution to that. Right. It's just like you're like, in it. I can't and, do anything about it. I right. cannot do anything about it. Yeah. Right. 
but yeah so like coming to terms with that and like right. learning to love it like that sounds and even just saying learning to love it yeah. is like in my mind I'm like no right no way like I don't want to love this I oh, shouldn't yeah. love this but like there are things to love in it you know yes. like I don't know how to explain that more but I think it's for me like what I hear you say and maybe my own connection is like yeah we like life is heartbreaking sometimes mm -hmm. and like even with that we still have a life to live so yes. it's like what does it mean to be like fully present in the life that you have yeah so that means yes dealing with the heartbreak that you don't want you don't want this Absolutely. heartbreak yeah um but like engaging with it mm -hmm. so that you can live mm -hmm. a full life yeah the life, the life that you have yeah um and that's just like oh, so hard yeah. and painful at times yeah and very joyful at other times it's like all, all of the things Absolutely. but i think that like when you're talking now it makes me think it's like we don't want pain no and suffering you oh don't want to be going through this no but we don't choose that right it's not our right our choice we don't have control yeah we wish we did yeah but we don't yeah and i think also like it for like for me having kids for mm -hmm. you like having a partner it's something that we've thought of like we're like trained to mm -hmm. think of this from a very like I mean I'm not gonna say 33 years because whatever but like 20 some years I've been thinking that my life was moving in this tra right. trajectory like it was moving toward having kids right and and culture like teaches yeah. us that's the way it's supposed to be too so right. it's hard it's hard to see the joy and the positives in something that feels so against mm. what we what is ingrained in our minds yeah. what's ingrained in culture and so even like like just trying to find the the joy and the positive in that is it's hard because it's like it feels wrong almost yeah. to be doing that like going against what is supposed to be happening right or something right like that. or like what you learned yeah what you, yeah we've been socialized that way yes also, so yes yeah but yeah. then also you still want it because Absolutely. you want it. Not oh, yeah. Because you think you're supposed to have well, it. Well, and there's like such a value to intimate community, mm -hmm. intimate relationship yeah. too. Like, like there's both sides to it, yes. and and like we we know that we can get, like we can, like I can, we can adopt. We can, like there are ways, yeah, ways you to know, have like and close friends, and yeah, like yeah. it's not the same, but it is. You know, I don't know. So. Yeah. It's all very complicated. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah. And it's, I think, like, why I appreciate your story so much. I mean, you're obviously one of my best friends, so, like, it matters to me yeah. for that. But also because I can relate to the feelings and emotions that you're having mm, yeah. in a different way. But it's like, okay, you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone in mm -hmm. this. Like, life Absolutely. is very messy and complicated. Mm -hmm. Um and knowing that you're not like the feelings that you have, even though it feels like it's lonely, yeah, it's a human feeling, it's yes. a human experience, yep. yep, and that we're all in it together, right, right, um, which I find really like comforting and Absolutely. knowing, because I think like it's a very different experience, but the despair I felt in like not having the thing I want, mm -hmm. um, I'm like okay, it sucks, it sucks for both of us, and we're here together, yes. Yeah. And it's not like, and it's all better because we're going through it. That's not, that's not what I mean. I mean, right, like, right. we're going through it together and we're not alone. Yep. Um, and I find that yeah. beautiful. That's why like community is so yeah, amazing. For sure. Um, 
so yeah so you were saying the thing about your body yeah um and like this idea of like forgiving it yeah um and it made me think about it's obviously not it's not to do with having children but right, it made right. me think about like my own struggles with my body and like holding me back from like falling in love mm-hmm. and so I was sitting on the plane going from New York to Toronto yeah. and there's this really cute guy in the end and um you know, like, I'm pretty, I'm okay at starting conversations You're with great people. at starting conversations um, with people. And I try to, you know, you do it around something you have in common at the moment. Yeah. And hopefully it, like, goes from yes. there. And so I was like, so how, what are the chances you think no one's going to sit in this middle seat? And so that's, like, I was trying to start. And he's like, I don't know. That seemed, didn't seem like a full flight. Hopefully we won't. And it didn't really go anywhere yeah. from there. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw him, I did see him texting someone with, like, the emoji with the heart kissy oh. so i was like maybe he's dating someone yeah. it's fine um were you doing that with your masterful side eye probably <laughs> i apparently <laughs> have a very masterful side but um but then i went into this like deep thought i was like i should journal right now but my back my bag is in the stupid checked whatever i don't want to go there my carry-on bag but i was like i should journal about the way i'm feeling right now because i had this thought that um i have worked hard to like accept myself the way I am, the way I look. Mm-hmm. And I, it's work in progress. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Work in progress mm-hmm. always. But society hasn't caught up to that. Mm-mm. There are standards for what bodies are supposed to look like. And I wonder if like, even if I accept myself and love myself, if I'm still like, if my body is still holding me back from like mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think about it just in terms of dating. I'm sure there are other ways, but I think like, am I, have I missed out on a partner because he just like, isn't attracted to this body because he doesn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, Oh my, I was like, it was like a new thought for me. It was like, I used to be so hard on myself and I blamed myself for everything. Mm -hmm. And as I've tried to move out of like, um, being hard on my own body for what it is and appreciating it more for what it does for me and the beauty and the, yeah. that it is as is. I, I had this thought of like, but maybe I still, even though I've gotten to that place, yeah. I'm still missing out on things because it's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. If you will. Yep. by like societal yeah. standards. Um, and so that that's hard yeah because it's like what am I supposed to do am I gonna never get married because like someone can't look past like how I'm yeah. not a model right um yeah so when you said that thing about forgiving your body I was like whoa and this is like this is new for me this is like yeah just this week I've had this realization <laughs> but it, it just made me I don't know it was one of those moments that I was like damn yeah. Like, well, I don't know what to do it's with that. It's a weird thing, yeah. yeah. And I, like, I don't even know what to do with it in regard to myself, too. Like, mm-hmm. how how do I forgive myself? Like, and I guess it's just, like, a teeny tiny mindset shift, like, every time you think about it. Like, okay, my body's all right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Or, it, like, my body isn't the reason, you know? Like, it's... Or... It just is, and yeah, like yep. it. It just is, yep. I guess, yeah. And then you go from there, and yeah. For you, you have certain hopes, and for me, it's like I hope I can still have the things I want, but like it just is. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, yeah, 
complicated (laughs) but it just it made it did make me feel like Mm -hmm. very connected to you as you were saying that because it's like i get that yeah different in a way yeah but i get that but i get it yeah um is there anything that you guys like people will say to you that you're like can you not like (laughs) like what's what's that experience been like as like people engage with you or like ask questions about stuff this is another place that i've been become much more open as time has gone on mm-hmm. like i i do like it when people ask me about it okay. um i guess i should disclaimer that like <laughs> in certain contexts i do i appreciate like people who care like i know if i know that there's an authentic care for me yeah. i really appreciate being asked about it and mm-hmm. like asked where i am um but it is like one of the hardest things and i like have Eric's a pastor. Mm-hmm. We have a very large, like, faith-based community. Our families are, like, our families are um, churchgoers, whatever. Like, the hardest thing for me is when people say, like, just trust God. Like, just pray about it. Or, like, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, <laughs> A, I have been praying about this. You think I have been praying? Like this is a this is a constant conversation between me and God all the time. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um, and then a lot of people are like, "Just relax. Like it'll happen if you're not thinking about it. If you don't worry about it so much, it's gonna happen." Like, and part of my mind is like, maybe it would. Like maybe mm. that's what happens because I do know so many people who have struggled with infertility at various points in their lives and they have had kids. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, maybe they relaxed. Like maybe they didn't think about it <laughs> and they had kids. Um, so you're like, wait, should I yeah. some more? <laughs> and, but now I'm like, no, no, right. like that is not something you say no, to someone who's going through no. this. Um, so word to the, word to anyone who's having a conversation. Yeah. With, yeah. With a friend. Um, but it is like I recognize that it is a it's a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. It's a hard thing for me to talk about right. sometimes. Um and so I recognize that for other people who don't know what it's like. It's right. hard to talk about. Yeah. And it's hard because I think you don't know what to say because there's no there I mean for your the people who try to give you these fixes, mm-hmm. I think it's like you don't know what to say. Yeah. And you yeah. wanna be able to help, but there really is no way to help other than like just being there for someone yeah supporting them right. in whatever way they right. need and as humans we don't right i think we have a hard time with that yes just being absolutely. there yeah um so right like you don't have to have all the answers when yeah. you're with me right just listen just listen right that's that's what yeah. i mean yeah i think that's it's hard yeah not that that excuses any of those right <laughs> right but i think it is hard for right. people um because yeah. we want to fix things and make it better yeah it's hard for people in pain yes yeah what is the like the most fun or like the best thing that you guys have been able to do being just a family of two right now um well plus posy sorry yeah plus a posy she's part of the family i didn't mean family of family of half two and a half (laughs) (laughs) um we really love like i think the best part Mm -hmm. for us um is flexibility like yeah like we i mean we would love to like vacation with a family but 
we love that we can go and take a trip to Sweden this year mm-hmm. and like we don't have to worry about school we don't have to worry right. about nap times we don't have to worry about feeding schedules we, get, we just get to go yeah <laughs> um and the same thing is like on day offs like we can drive up to Vancouver we can like take day trips and it's mm-hmm. all on our own terms like in it like part of the grieving process for us has been like really like we are leaning into that big yeah. time like that is where we find joy in like when we for me like especially when I get sad about not having kids I'm like okay let's let's take a trip let's yes. go do something because we can right um and so that's been like the, one of the most fun parts I, I think um for us that's awesome yeah, you have the freedom to be flexible yeah yeah, yeah. and use the things you want to do as a way to like deal with the grief of yes the longing of yeah, yeah 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 for sure and it's like like I think at this point now that we've like like that has become a part of our relationship mm-hmm. like a part of our life like I think we would carry that over mm-hmm. for whatever happens in the future but for now it's like yes like this is us like this is what yeah this is what we really like to do and it's great yeah so. that's awesome yeah is there anything else that you <clears throat> want to talk about or like anything that has come up for you that you wanted to share before we maybe close? I feel thankful for where we are right now. Yeah. Like it's been a kind of long road to get here, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful. Yeah. There's the people in my life who have like helped me get to this place. Like you, especially being able to talk to, because mm-hmm. for the longest time you were the only person I could talk to about this. Right. And so it was nice to have that outlet and, and someone who understood too. So, right. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this and being so vulnerable and honest. And I think, um, your story, whether like exactly relatable to somebody or maybe just the feelings that people have had similar is like really important and really glad you shared it with us. I'm really grateful that you're my friend. Yay. And yeah, I appreciate it. It's my pleasure to share. Thank you for making this space available to do that. You're very welcome. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Being a woman is hard sometimes. (laughs) Yes. A lot of the time. (laughs)